Welcome to the Side-by-Side Podcast, where we connect busy female leaders in ministry to the practical resources they need today. We are your co-hosts, and I am Annie Purdue Olson. And I'm Heidi Zwart. You know, I think sometimes when we think about creativity and ministry, we think big productions and fancy lighting and huge worship centers, but the reality is this isn't possible for every church, and actually it's not even necessary. Um, I think when we sometimes look to creativity being found in those places, I think we have to be really careful about not getting into the world of entertainment versus worship. And I think sometimes when we think about creativity, we think that we need to do something unique, that we need to wow the people who come to our services on the weekend. And I think it can be really intimidating for smaller churches, people who don't have large staffs, people who don't have big production teams, to feel inadequate. And I think it can really shake confidence when we start looking around and we start seeing what other people are doing, which is so possible right now because we can look at any service we want on a weekend thanks to you know this, this virtual technology shift that the churches have made. And I think the, the problem is it can really uh, deflate our confidence and we become afraid to try something new because we're afraid to fail. Yeah. That fear of failure is a really big deal when it comes to this creativity. I really appreciated um, the conversation that you had with our guest today and this combination of confidence and creativity, but it really stemmed back to her definition of creativity that really Mm. caught my attention because creative creativity in the artistic sense is important, Mm -hmm. but it's not something that I'm really good at. And like when I put myself in the zone of trying to think about those kinds of things, I, my confidence does really erode, especially when I start looking around at mm-hmm. other people who are so <laughs> amazingly good at it, and I'm not. And broadening this definition of creativity to really include uh, and focus on even creative problem solving, especially in the era that we're in, mm-hmm. talking about where churches are have the opportunity to compare themselves with Mm -hmm. so many other churches right now with all of the online presence and really being able to hone in on that creative problem solving and asking, what is it that I need to do in this situation for the people that I'm ministering to? And how can I get creative about that? That really just inspired me. I love the creative problem solving thing. I think I am a creative problem solver. So maybe that's why I connected to it so well. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree completely. I think that was one of the major takeaways for me, even in my pre-conversation with our guest today was making the shift between what creativity, what we think creativity is and really looking at it from a problem-solving perspective. Because in this season, this COVID era, we are forced in ministry to be creative. We have to do things differently. And that's going to be true not only now, but in the future, because we don't know who's coming back. We don't know what technology will um, will look like. We don't know how our, uh, our audience or our attendees will respond to, to church itself. And so I loved having this conversation with Tanya Pinkerman. She is the the kids director at Brian Baptist Church in Burnsville, Minnesota. And it's the last place she would have expected to be because she spent over 25 years in ministry and 20 over 20 years of that was in worship programming and production. So her shift to focus on kids ministry has given her a whole new perspective of what creative problem solving is. And she's been able to invest in her staff and cast vision to Berean kids programming. 
Tanner is married uh, to John and they have two elementary age kids. And as you hear her story, I think what you're going to really love about it is that her story took her from this place of expected creativity in the worship arts and in the worship experience on weekends to this place where creativity maybe was less obvious in kids' ministry. And yet she's clearly using this role to bring out a whole new way to problem solve and, and look at what creativity is versus what it isn't. Thanks for joining us today, Tan. Hey, thanks, good to be here. Yeah, and I just automatically called you Tan because that's what I've called you for almost 30 years now. So yep. I'm gonna probably slip between Tan and Tanner from time to time. <laughs> but we met each other through my sister at Northwestern College, um, which is now Northwestern University, of course. And were you actually roommates your freshman year? Not our freshman year, we were two doors apart, Okay, practically. Yeah, and then oh, you yeah. got to spend the rest of those college years together, which- That's right it naturally morphed into a friendship between the two of us. And we actually bonded over McDonald's hamburgers. Can you <laughs> believe we, it? It's amazing. It was like a commercial <laughs> really, but um, <laughs> we have, we have made healthier choices since those days, um, Amen but it, it did bring us together. So, yeah. you know, you are one of the most creative people I know. You have always brought a tremendous amount of laughter to my life um, both personally and just seeing you on stage, um, which is also where I got to observe you at Northwestern. But the thing is, as we've grown older and we've developed even a deeper friendship, I've also learned to see your wisdom. I've observed your wisdom and your discernment and your heart for ministry. And I'm really excited to talk to you today about your experience in ministry because it's been for such a long time and with such great depth. That's awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about the different roles that you've had in ministry, because you have worn a lot of different hats. Yeah. You know, I was, I was a drama major in college and I remember thinking, man, my dream job would be to do something theater or production related in a church. Mm -hmm. But since that job doesn't actually exist and that's just la 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 land, I'll, I'll do something more practical. But it was interesting because as I um, got in to graduate from college into those years beyond college, I started serving in drama ministry at a church. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, and I started getting more and more involved. And even though I had another job, I started kind of working on the side at this church in drama ministry and even mm. being a drama director and script writer. And I started to think, wait a minute, this is what I've wanted to do my whole life. I'm living the dream right now. Mm. So that went into full-time ministry work when I was, oh, probably 23 or 24 years old. And um, it it kind of morphed into me knowing that I had a real passion for directing others and leading others, not like being on the stage per se uh, only. And so that worked really well in drama in drama ministry and, and what we called um, program directing or service mm. directing as a service. Mm -hmm. So I was at a, a growing church for about 10 years. And after that, I went to a church plant, which I was there for its first seven years. And then I went to Berean where I am now. So it's been eight years. So if anyone wants to get out their cal uh, calculators or notebooks, you can see how long I've been in <laughs> ministry, right? But um, it's interesting because I did all that time in um, worship production of some way. So program directing, script writing, mm -hmm. drama, some of the, kind of the tech production side. But about four years ago, a really interesting shift happened here at Berean. Um, I was asked if I would consider taking the kids director position at my church. And at first, I got to tell you, Heidi, I was like mad. I'm like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Because 
all I've ever known is worship production. And I was like, this is like what I do. This mm-hmm. is my box is what I basically what I was saying. Uh, why would I ever want to switch? And who in their right mind gets into kids ministry? I mean, mm-hmm. that's more of a punishment than a, than a job, <laughs> right? But you know, it's so interesting how God can get a hold of your heart. I mean, it's amazing how he can soften your hearts and even your heart's desire. So mm-hmm. within two weeks, I went from, you've got to be kidding me, to actually being excited about mm-hmm. this. And I think what's interesting is God really started to reveal to me the position I was at in life. So I would consider myself an old mom. So I got married at 38 and I had my kids at just before 40 and then 42. Mm-hmm. So I've got some experience under my belt mm-hmm. in life and ministry. And yet I'm raising young kids, you know, at this time. So I felt that that was God revealing, this is a great time for you to step up into kids ministry and into your leadership and kind of soar beyond where you thought you'd ever go before. Hmm. You know, one of the things, things that's so cool about that is to be honest, when I heard that you were considering the children's ministry position, like that floored me because it was <laughs> such a diversion from the roles that I'd seen you, seen you in before. Right. Um, and yet having watched you in that, I see how God has used you in that role. He's been able to give you opportunities to use that creativity even outside of what you had traditionally done. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about that, you, you were starting to highlight some of that. What are some of the unique ways that you think God has equipped you to serve in ministry and where are you seeing that kind of that translation of your creativity in this role? Yeah. So, I mean, being in the arts and in drama ministry, it certainly helps in like the interpersonal realm and being Mm -hmm. in a leadership realm where it's very important that you have relationship with the people over which you're leading. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, almost before you have influences of other kinds. So be able to make, being able to make things fun, you know, navigating like ministry waters, the weekly grind, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, with, with fun and with excitement and with relationship, I think is huge. And me being able to be kind of mama bear in that, (laughs) in that realm with the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, has really been helpful. And then also I, I do a show that's three at three of us do a women's show. It's called Espresso Yourself. And this was almost an accident. So it's a show that we wrote for like one women's event in central Minnesota 16 years ago. And it is still going today. Amazing. I mean, it's just nuts. So like the three of us have had complete life changes, you know what mm. I mean? And, but it's, it's one of those shows that uh, we don't do it super often, but we still go into churches and conferences mm-hmm. and do that. And that's really allowed us to be able to feed kind of um, that passion that God gave us to not only to be funny and to act, and I do some stand up comedy and things, but to really drive home like a relevant message mm-hmm. for ladies in that setting. So that's just been a really unique way that I'm so fortunate and thankful that that still kind of comes up from time to time. It's so interesting because you're able to use uh, your creativity both within your role specifically in ways that you didn't expect, but also you Mm -hmm. get this outlet, this creative outlet through the Espresso Espresso Yourself show, which I still need to see, by the way, someday. Hey, you can have us (laughs) out there. You can come out to the East Coast. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) You know, when you think about the church and Mm -hmm. your time that you spent in ministry, why do you think it's important for churches to be creative? Why is that an essential element to our worship experience and to ministry in general? Yeah, well, you know, the thing about church ministry is it can very easily get repetitive. Hmm. You know, it can get stale. It can get mundane. Did you know, Heidi, that Sunday comes every single (laughs) week? Really? I mean, brutal. How dare they? (laughs) So, you know, it's essential that we find ways that that have our vision be in in our forefronts and, you know, have it have our mission be such that we're self-evaluating on a regular basis to say, hey, are we 
are we doing what we really set out to do? Are we doing what we intended to do? Because it's so easy to get settled into things. And frankly, I mean, I know this from experience. It's so easy to take the low maintenance route or the route that really just makes it easier or better for us mm-hmm. as ministry leaders. But, you know, when you do this, you so quickly lose sight of like why you're even doing this. Mm-hmm. You lose sight of the people you're ministering to and how they're being led, how they're being engaged. So that's why I think creativity, it's, I mean, it's so important to keep that the focus in, in keeping ministries alive and effective instead of just, yeah, this is what we do every week, you know, kind mm-hmm. of autopilot. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I think back over some experiences I've seen in the history of the church over the last um, couple of decades, there was a time where churches started doing dance and they started doing uh, mm-hmm. drama as a part of their worship, um, which I think a lot of churches have kind of shifted away from. Um, But I'm wondering what examples you've seen of things that have been done really well and maybe some things that haven't gone, gone so well, or that you Mm -hmm. have seen done not so well. Yeah. We, you know, I've I've been on such a journey through my ministry experience. And I remember the times you're referring to when Mm -hmm. drama was a huge thing and it was like, this is great. This is effective. And then it became, well, let's write one every week. Mm. And then it became, oh no, we got to write one for this week. And we don't really (laughs) know what to write, but we've got to do it. So that's what we do. That's like our liturgy that we do Mm. a drama. So then it became forced, you know? And so some of that creativity could be, Hey, this is a great idea, but that doesn't mean we do it every single week Mm. or we do it no matter what. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's been interesting to see that kind of ebb and flow, you know, in kids ministry, um, there's there's definitely a lot of room for looking and go, oops, well, we tried that <laughs> once. You can, you can try anything once, right? Or we would joke, we'll just, we'll do it differently at the one o'clock service. Mm-hmm. We don't have a one o'clock service, you know, <laughs> after it doesn't go well. But um, when in reopening this fall, I guess some real practical examples are, um, we were looking at opening in the end, end of September, which we did. And we were thinking about kindergartners and it might be because myself and like two or three other staff members had incoming kindergartners, mm-hmm. but we were looking at them going of all years, these, this age of kids is so in between, you know, mm-hmm. in hybrid, they left their preschools. If they had them, they're going sometimes to school or not. And yet, so they're not preschoolers, but they really don't, they're not immersed in elementary school yet. And so we thought, what if we gave them their own special room where we maybe give them the preschool lesson versus the elementary, but start to slowly um, introduce some things that could be um, oh, more representative of elementary, like small group activities mm-hmm. and small group discussions. And that was actually has actually been really, really um, successful in the way that I think those kids feel valued, but it's a, it's a good place for them to grow without being totally overwhelming or foreign for them. Mm-hmm. So that's just been a, a pivot that we've done versus putting them with other preschoolers or really putting them with other elementary kids from the get-go mm-hmm. um, in the fall. Another interesting thing is <laughs> we kind of guessed how many kids would come back, how many families would come back to church. So we opened a whole bunch of rooms that could accommodate even just a small amount of kids, like four babies here and six preschoolers here and that kind of thing. And when we got with, when we um, understood that less families were actually coming with younger kids, more mm-hmm. were coming with older, we had these other rooms we needed to shift. What was happening is we found that we were just giving them a new room every single week. Mm. So one week we'd have them here, one week over here, and one week here because we're trying to combine and consolidate. But the other side is, wait a minute, these kids are two, three, and they're in a new, they don't know where they're going every mm-hmm. week. And the parents are confused and frankly irritated. But more, you know, <laughs> more importantly, those kids I think didn't feel that um, that security. Mm. So that was just a way we had to say, let's let's prioritize what the kids need over something that makes our logistics look fancy and neat, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
just some practical things. Yeah. And, and what really strikes me as you talk about those things is that those are not the typical things that people think of when they think of the word creative. You know, I right. think people think <laughs> of like creativity is this drama. It's, it's uh, mm-hmm. fancy scripts. It's um, wild decorations. It's all of those yep. kinds of things. And yet what you're talking about really is creative problem solving. And that's right. Yeah. That's an element that I really want to highlight because as, as women in ministry, we need to be creatively problem solving all the time. And I'd love to hear from you what creativity is in your mind. Like, what does it look like through your own eyes? Yeah, that's a really good point, Heidi, because when you think creative, you think artistic. Mm -hmm. And although I was a drama major, I did the choir, whatever, I'm not like a visual artist at all. (laughs) Um, I've never scrapbooked, you know, I don't don't paint, things like that. But we do this, for example, we do this um, child dedication celebration a few times a year at our church. And it's a beautiful event. I mean, it's decked out with these, this gorgeous photo wall and this buffet and these table decorations. My running joke is that if I was in charge of the decorating on this or the arts, I, it would be like a balloon and a piece of scotch tape. Like that's what the, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it would look like. But we have someone who's very, very artistically gifted in that area. Mm. Um, to all that to say creativity, you know, it doesn't, from, for me, it doesn't mean let's just be super, super artistic and mm-hmm. in that realm. Creativity and ministry, it's, it's more about problem solving and planning. Like you said, creative problem solving, planning as you, as you have your vision kind of as your guide and the end goal in mind. So as you plan and think about, I use the word plan in such mm. air quotes right now, you know, because mm-hmm. of where we're at um, in our world right now, but it's planning with the end goal of what are we trying to accomplish for the people we're ministering to? What is our vision and where is that at? Are we hitting that? If no, Let's ask why, you know, Mm -hmm. and what it is and adjust that. So really it's problem solving and planning to make ministries as as creatively effective as it can be. Yeah, that's great. I I love that idea because it it takes away the pressure that so many of us feel to maybe work outside of your uh, comfort zone to provide a big uh, production experience, let's say even on the weekends in ministry. I think as (laughs) as COVID has hit, people have been able to do a lot of church shopping and watch a lot of services. And I think there's that additional pressure to put on that show that didn't exist as much pre-COVID. Um, and I think some of the smaller Absolutely, churches yeah. that don't have the staff to pull that kind of thing off are, are very overwhelmed by um, trying to put that into place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when we think about mm-hmm. the size of a church, how does, have you noticed any difference between the churches you've been in? Because they've been many different sizes um, and whether right. that impacts the way creativity is done on the weekend. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think, you know, I'll use worship ministries as an example because I was part of that ministry for Mm. so long. And really, I served in worship ministry in a church that had 8,000 people, Mm -hmm. and I've served in a church that had 50 people. Yeah. And, you know, as I look back, I really don't see real major differences in how we planned the service. Because the key in that really is to ask, what, what is our desired outcome? How do we want to meet that person in the seats? Is there someone there that needs to hear this message, that needs to be transformed by God through what we present? Mm. And how are we going to make that our primary focus and have the other things be secondary to what we really, really are trying to do? So, mm-hmm. you know, sure, in the larger churches, we had we had more lighting cues. <laughs> we had <laughs> more set designs or more people to bring into the tech team. But as far as what we were trying to accomplish and how we planned and creatively planned those things to happen there really wasn't a huge difference because mm. it's about who you're trying to reach 
versus how fancy you're trying to be while reaching them. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, I hope that the people who are listening today who are a part of those smaller congregations or smaller ministries, I hope that's a good word for them, you know, because I think that trying to reach those people in the seats each weekend and having the objective be the same, regardless of the Mm -hmm. size of the church, um, is a really important um, aspect to kind of keep at the front. Because like you said, Sunday's coming. So that pressure that we put on to be uber creative in a way that we maybe look at our neighboring church as being um, certainly Mm -hmm. can be that that pressure can be alleviated a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I think when we do start looking around, I think one of the things that we run into is that our confidence can be shaken in ministry. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. How does that, what kind of role does confidence play in people's ability to be creative or be a creative problem solvers? It's really huge because if you're questioning yourself along the way, you're really getting in your own way of letting creative problem solving take place. Mm-hmm. It's believing it's believing God can do a work in you versus, so versus like, what can I do that will really wow people, you know, that will be awesome? What can I create that will be really amazing? Instead ask, you know, what can I do that will give people a great chance to see God at work mm-hmm. through what I do? So what can I do that will allow people to see God like that versus how can I be amazing? Because mm-hmm. really, the only way we can ever be amazing is through God working through us mm-hmm. and having that confidence that he's going in front of this and you're not going, I just had the most brilliant idea, mm-hmm. you know, but where it came from. Uh, this past summer, we had to reinvent VBS as mm-hmm. churches across the country had to do. And that was a total effort in confidence and creativity. So we landed on this idea of doing like a tailgate VBS where people would drive up in their cars and Mm. sit out behind them and as a family and listen to what was happening via their car radios. So it's Mm kind of like a radio theater style. Well, there were tons of places you could go online to see what other churches are doing and what ideas were. And we weren't really finding someone doing the exact same thing as we Mm. did. And I got to tell you, there was those times where I was like, are we... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are we kind of are we kind of off our rockers here or is yeah. this going to really work or is this you know is this really going to work but it was interesting how we as a team came together and said we just feel that this could be so effective and needed for mm-hmm. families who come who we haven't seen since March now it's the end of July right um but we were really really excited and bought into it as a team and you know what it was an awesome VBS mm-hmm. and it was so amazing to see families that came 45 minutes early for the tailgate which is the early part, you know, like they're so excited. They couldn't wait to get there. And um, they came every single night. The weather was gorgeous, which for Mm. Minnesota is phenomenal. Uh, But just everything about it was so, um, was so affirming that God can do an amazing work through you when Mm. you think creatively, but when you think as a team and think confidently where Mm -hmm. it is a true team effort, where everyone's doing their part to make it happen. Yeah. What a spectacular example. Like that's a, a perfect example of the need to, I'm going to use the word pivot um, because yeah, it's, yeah. it's used so much right now, but what else have you seen during this time of this strange time? What do ministries need to do differently that maybe they haven't done before? Well, nothing really. I mean, there's really no, <laughs> just kidding. Um, the answer is kind of everything, right? Yeah. I mean, everything has to be done so differently. And a huge part that we weren't thinking about, you know, several months ago is when we're going to plan this event, we need to keep in mind how comfortable people are with the safety of this Mm -hmm. event. I mean, no one's asking that question, you know, to say, if we do something in person, 
What's something that we can do that's safe here, but also is mindful of those who are going to watch from home and mm-hmm. is valuing of those who are going to watch from home or vice versa. If we're going to do something um, distance, like we're going to pivot and do a distance uh, Christmas event, that which mm-hmm. was going to be in person. So now that's going to be virtual. So how can we still that make that super personal and effective as much as we can while having to um, execute it in a way that we didn't think, you know, was going to be the case. So the rules and plans are changing so rapidly. You know, we need to adapt as needed. We can't hold things too closely or be too, man, it would be so much better this way. Or we used to do it this way, or we did this once like this and it was great. So mm-hmm. now we can't do it this way, but see the rules are changing. You know, I was at a mm-hmm. conference where they were talking about crisis and creativity, creativity and crisis and how crisis, it can be focusing and energizing it can give you new rhythms. It can mm. take away kind of these unwritten rules that you used to have because you have to ask questions and use resources. Mm-hmm. And that was so helpful of saying, this is an opportunity instead of this is like a really bum deal. Yeah. And you and I, you and I, Heidi, were on a mission trip several mm-hmm. years ago. And I remember the word they drilled home to us was flexibility. <laughs> you have got to be flexible because at a moment's notice in any part of the day, mm-hmm. things could change from what you thought was going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's so true um, right now, especially of us just going, I need to be flexible and understand God is going to work no matter what our circumstances are. Yeah, so. absolutely. There's such a need for flexibility right now for adaptability for let's try this. Like it has, it's yeah. re- releasing what was to be able to move <laughs> toward what is, because we don't always mm-hmm. know what, what is. And I've, I've heard it said, um, as I've read things on ministry, that that planning process is much more short-term than it ever used to be. It can't be right. the planning through, you know, the end of 2021 at this point. It's let's let's plan right. through December. And and you've seen already that you even had to flex your plans, you know, right. for what December looks like. So mm-hmm. how are you as a leader leading your team through all of this? So years ago, I I kind of came to an aha moment. Um because I was in a, I was in a pattern in a rut where I would come off of a weekend. Cause that's kind of the, you know, what everything culminates on, mm-hmm. especially in worship. And it was what went wrong. Let's figure out what went wrong. Let's make sure we identify that and figure out who's going to do something about that. It was so incredibly defeating mm. because it was always, Oh no, what if something goes wrong? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I was like, I was thinking, okay, something is going to go wrong. So you don't ask the question, what do I do if something goes wrong? You ask the question, what will I do and how will I handle myself when something goes wrong? Mm -hmm. Because you're wasting your time thinking, oh no, something might go wrong and then I'll be really bummed. Okay, something's going to go wrong. Okay, we're good. (laughs) All right, so there we go. Now, how will we handle that situation? Mm. And going through this where we're pivoting and creatively thinking of how is this going to work in this room? Is this going to be okay? Um, How we're how we're doing this video or how we're handling this, um, this absence from church, Mm -hmm. something will go wrong. So how do we pivot and handle that? And so that's been a huge thing, you know, with my Mm -hmm. staff is to take Mm -hmm. the pressure off of what if something goes wrong and say, what are we going to do now when something goes wrong and how are we going to be ministering to ourselves? Mm -hmm. Because often it can be so easy to just make very quick, emotionally charged um, reactions and decisions because we're girls, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have lots of feelings. Um, <laughs> but, but to take some time and say, something will go wrong. How do we handle ourselves yeah. and get through that together? Yeah. And then just having some one-on-ones with my staff beyond what's your work schedule like this week of mm-hmm. how are you doing, going through books together, you know, being more um, 
personally fed. So then we in turn can, can go do ministry in this different way. Yeah. This conversation has been so rich and there's been so many things that I know I'm taking away from our conversation uh, today, you know, as we wrap and as we close for those people who don't feel so creative, who don't think that they're creative problem solvers and they're maybe lacking confidence. What is the one thing that a leader can do today to embrace creativity in a different way? You know, I think something really valuable that all of us can do at, at multiple times in our ministry experience is to like, look at your ministry from the outside. Mm. So even just practically, literally standing outside of your ministry when it's going on a weekend or something um, or in meetings and say, how effective is this? How much is this, is this reaching the people that we're wanting to reach? Okay, we want kids to experience this. Are they experiencing that? We want people in a worship service to experiencing, experience this. Is it, is it effective? And then be brave and bold enough to say, I think we need to adjust something. Mm. I think we need to try something new. I think we need to ask the questions because that's where we can measure our creativity and how we pivot. So be yeah. brave enough to answer those questions, ask those questions, and then pursue what do we need to change and alter? Brave and bold. Brave and bold. Brave and bold. I love that. Those are such powerful words and they're, they're such um, confidence boosting words for everybody who's listening today. And, you know, I just thank you for you to you for sharing your wisdom, for your willingness to challenge all of us to think outside of the box, to look at creativity a little bit differently, to look at how we can fuel our confidence through creative problem solving and just yeah. how to manage these crazy times in ministry through a different lens. Yeah, that's awesome. It was so great to be here and talk through it. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's a, a continual journey. And even when you thought, man, this has been going forever. Um, I, I know how to do this now. Trust me, you can be learning, you know, every single day, but instead of that being discouraging, let that be empowering mm -hmm. that God still has work for me to do here. Amen. So, thank you. You have been listening to the Side-by-Side -Side Podcast with Annie Perdue Olson and Heidi Swart. Hey, subscribe so that you don't miss out on the practical and tactical tips that we as women leaders need. Because there's one thing we know. When we are connected with other experienced leaders, we fuel our confidence. We have better clarity and we expand the creative possibilities in accomplishing our mission. So share a comment and let us know what's on your mind. To get access to more practical resources from each of our guests, check out our website, sidebysidepodcast.online.